Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, June 3rd, and this is episode number 54. I'm your host, Rod Bloom, and joining me today is my good friend, John Brown. John, how are things going today? I am doing awesome, Rod. How about you? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing just just great. I'm on vacation this week. I've got no complaints. <laughs> it, 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 I thought I thought I saw you were doing some yard work. I've been doing a lot of yard work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I spent. I worked. Uh, yeah, worked in the yard pretty much from maybe seven thirty to about four o'clock today, just doing mulch and stuff like that. So you know, just kind of taking my time. Uh, you know, when you get, when you get to a certain age, you you try to just kind of be smart about stuff and try not to kill yourself. So I'm drinking a lot of water, and you know, it, it got pretty hot today too. Too here, I'm, I'm sure it's probably the same down where you are. So yeah, we uh, had we had a steady stream of of you know some rain and some storms, and and you know it doesn't cool it down too much unless it's an intense storm. We had a pretty big storm come through here that cooled it down by 40 degrees in just a couple hours. That was a couple days ago, but uh, we've been hanging around the 90s and 100s because of the humidity. But Yeah, we got uh, pretty, pretty close, close to 90 today, I think. That's insane. Yeah, it was rough. That, that's why I was out early. I wanted to get <laughs> as much, much done early as I could, then I kind of slowed the pace down when it started getting hot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going we're gonna to start this off just by uh, just by um, doing our blitz beverages, I know I know you uh, I know you went out and got a little something special today. Yep. So yes. so I'm gonna let you kick it off and, and talk about your beverage of choice for this evening. I I am drinking uh, Left Hand Brewing Company uh, Milk Stout Nitro. Um, I, I stumbled across them. Uh, years ago, uh, by accident, um, you know, my favorite beer, which was at the time um, Goose Island Oatmeal Stout, um, just kind of disappeared. Uh, and so I was like, well, you know what? Hey, I'll try this. And and I mean, I just instantly fell in love with it. It's it's just it's smooth. It's it's got a great flavor. It's full, but it doesn't have an aftertaste. And because it's made with milk, it's got a little bit of sweetness to it. Um, and for a while, it was only available in, in, in limited states and things like that, but they've really um, branched out in terms of their distribution, and now you can find them pretty much everywhere. But it's just uh, – it's a, it's a great beer. But I mean – and I know for some people, it, you know, stouts and, and some of those beers tend to kind of fall out of their wheelhouse. But for me, it's kind of just been my go-to. And, hey, I figured, man, this is a special occasion, so, you know, I'm going to do it right. I often refer to that beer as the nectar of the gods, and, and so uh, – um, I, I figured it was appropriate for this occasion. Yeah, good choice. I, I think some people like those beers more in the winter time, but yeah, you know, everybody has their own individual taste. Yeah, you know, we, we're we were talking earlier. Some people like the IPAs. I don't think either you or I are real big on the IPAs. They're like more of you know, uh, um, you know, I I like the Belgian style beers, but I, I like um, you know, I'm I'm good with porters and. Some yeah. stouts, you know, depending on the occasion and, and you know what I'm eating or, or uh, you know, I guess just what's going on. But um, but yeah, you know, whatever whatever you like that that's what's great, especially right now. Um, there's so many beers out there. Yeah, I just I'm amazed. I'm amazed I, for I've been doing this podcast, really talking beers on podcasts for 
going on two years and I tried to drink a lot of different beers and, and, you know, I'm, I don't drink all the time. So I'm not somebody who goes out and tries five different beers every week, but I think I've tried quite a few different beers and I go into beer stores and I look and I swear, I I still don't know like 90% of the beers I see. Yeah, that, it seemed like it became a trend. Um, there, there became it became a kind of almost like a, a boom. It was almost like this. It was almost like the same as the dot com industry. I mean, it, it really yeah. took off. I, I remember when I was still in the military, uh, when I was stationed in Nebraska, there was a, a pizza place called Old Chicago's, and they had, it was like, 100 and 150 beers on tap, and like 50 50 different bottled beers, or some insanity like that. And the same thing when I lived in Austin, Texas. I mean, they had a place called I think it was the Flying Saucer, you know, and they had like I don't know, 300 beers, uh, you know, on tap, right? You know, and that's just an insane amount of beers. And you know, and of course they drum up business by saying, hey, if if you try this many, you get a T-shirt or a free dinner or whatever. But I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I just go out, you know, I go out and just have a beer with dinner or, or something like that. I, you know, I'm not 20 anymore. So, so, you know, I just right. kind of have a beer to enjoy what I'm, you know, what I'm eating and, or relax for the evening. And that's about it. Right. Well, uh, that note on this being a special occasion, uh, I mean, with this podcast, I get to do a couple things. I get to have just Browns fans on where I get to meet new friends, you know, people that um, are just big Browns fans. And then I get to, to have people, people like you on occasionally who are, are people that I've talked to for a long time, had great conversations with, um, really feel like I, like I know you and we've never even talked. So it's like I'm meeting I'm meeting a great friend for the first time, and, and yeah. I already know you. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, a, it's a special occasion. So um, so I went with the Victory Golden Monkey, John, and it's to me it's 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 one of my favorites. Um, everybody knows that these are kind of strong beers, so uh, so we'll see how how I do through the podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's just got a great it's just got a great flavor to it. It's like nine point something percent alcohol, but I've had uh, I've had these I've I've had these a few times on the podcast and I I think I've probably got six of them out in the garage you know in the fridge so I, I have one occasionally it's not a beer that I normally drink two of in a row just because of the because of the strength of the alcohol but um, one of my favorites just got a great flavor to it. Yeah, and it's funny too because is even though as much as I love you know be, you know drinking stouts and some of the porters, you get some of the other ones that you like. For example, if you get into some of the imperial stouts or some of the Russian stouts and some of those, you get into like ten and twelve percent alcohol, and and they normally are tend to you know you'll tend to find them in sometimes sixteen ounces or twenty ounce bottles. You drink one of those, <laughs> and you're you're pretty much set. I mean. And, yeah, and yeah. they're pretty rough, and and, and on, the, on the flip side of that, they're very similar in some aspects to those. Um, I don't know if you've if you've tried any of these, but some of the, you'll there'll be some of the ales that they'll make and they'll brew them with bourbon, or you know, mm-hmm. so they'll, you know, Kentucky has a lot of those, the bourbon barrel aged, um, you know, some of these beers, and you drink those, and it's just like it's potent, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, this <laughs> this doesn't work for me. I mean, it just knocks your socks off just from flavor. Um, alcohol content, the whole nine, and and uh, 
you know, I, I do like bourbon or, or whiskey on occasion, um, but to drink it in a, you know, a 12 ounce bottle, <laughs> no. It's rough. And I, I'm right there with you because, yeah, I'm just, I'm thinking back to around Christmas time. I ordered a beer um, out at dinner and it sounded like a, like a Christmas ale with all these different flavors in it. And I ordered it, and when it came, it tasted like the beer you're describing, like a, <laughs> like a beer with a shot of, of whiskey in it or bourbon, uh, you know, where, where the, the the bourbon or whiskey, whatever flavor it was, was just overpowering, and I felt like I was drinking a whole bottle of whiskey, and honestly, I, I, I couldn't finish it. I mean, I got, you know, a 12-ounce glass of this, and I, I drank probably 10 ounces of it, and I'm like, and I'm, I'm just, I'm done. I, and the worst part was, I, you know, it was supposed to have all these different flavors on it, you know, clove and, and all these other things in it and cinnamon and everything. I, I couldn't taste any of them. All I could taste was was the liquor. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's weird because I think a lot of times you, you see with some of these microbrews, especially some of these, and I don't know if it's from, um, uh, an, you know, as you, as you branch out into a new industry or whatever and you try to make your own niche, um, you know, it, it's you'll see a lot of these people that are like, oh, hey, I got to have a, a beer that appeals to everybody as opposed to just specializing. So they try to do too much. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and then you start getting into all these just flavored beers and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, whatever happened to just like the basic concepts of beer? But now you've got like, you know, a good example. You use Christmas and you've got candy cane eggnog beer and all these other, you know, insane things. <laughs> and you're just like, man, let's just stick with the basics. <laughs> You know, and so it's kind of that that's become the interesting thing about beer, I think, you know, in terms of the how things have trended in over the last, I would say, 20 to 25 years. I mean, a lot of the flute, uh, fruit flavored beers that started coming out and, um, mm-hmm. you know, all these different types of things. And, and that's where it started becoming almost like too much. Yeah, I'm with yeah, you. I, I think I that think started that's... pretty much with the uh, pumpkin beers. And, yeah. and those were good at first, but. You know, after a while, when everybody had to put one out, it's like, I don't need to try all of these. You know, I've, I've had one, they're pretty much all the same. And and then it gets to a point where you you really don't need to try every single different flavor in a beer. You get to know what you like. And, and some of the flavors are very good in a beer. Some aren't. It kind of just depends what you like. There was a... You know, I, I referenced that uh, the pizza place in, in Omaha, Nebraska, and I remember one time I was there with uh, one of my military buddies, and, and they had a beer called, and it was made, and I think it's from Cave Creek, and I think it's, I think the brewing company is Cave Creek, and I think it's based out of Cave Creek, Arizona, I think, um, but it was called Cave Creek Chili Beer, and I thought, you know, I'm having a burger, and I'm thinking, okay, this is a beer that sounds like you have a burger with chili. Yeah. No. It was made with chili, <laughs> so it was made with chili peppers, and and the farther you got into the beer, the hotter it got, <laughs> and, oh it just, and it became more and more painful, <laughs> and it got to the point where I was like about halfway through the through the bottle, and I was like, okay, I just need to chug this, and if I chase it with a shot of whiskey, I'll probably be better off at this point. And I, I mean, I will never forget that. That happened roughly 24 years ago. And I will never, not only will oh I never forget drinking that beer, I will never drink that beer again. But I was just like, wow. I mean, you know, and it, and like you said, I mean, everybody tastes things differently. To somebody else, that beer probably tastes like the greatest beer on the planet. But I was just like, wow, yeah. whose who's idea was this? <laughs> <laughs> How did this pass uh, quality assurance? This is not very good, but yeah. 
Yeah, it sounds pretty rough. Yeah, it was brutal. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let's talk about uh, let's talk about you and your journey as a Browns fan, because I think most everybody knows you've you've lived a lot of different places. Yeah. You know, let's hear how you got to be a Browns fan. Uh, You know, just a little bit about uh, you know how. uh, how it came to be, some of your, you know, early memories, uh, you know, early thoughts, and some of your favorite players, things like that. Oh wow! Um, I let's see. I'll, I'll be, I'll be 52 in October. Um, I've moved roughly 72 or three times in my life. Um, I've lived in, I think. 10, 10 or 11 states and somewhere in the neighborhood of like, I don't know, 15, 20 different cities. Um, you, you know, so I, I've just experienced a lot of different environments in, in that aspect. And, and, but, you know, but Ohio was home. I was born in Ohio. Um, I was born in Columbus. Um, I was, I was born into an old family. Um, my parents were born in the twenties. And my brother, my brother was 20 years older than I was. And, you know, and I didn't, <laughs> and there was nobody in between. So, so, you know, I, you know, I came along, I was a shock to the family, you know, and, but, you know, but, but being born into that family, I, I grew up, you know, with my dad and my brother just telling me all these stories of reverence of, 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 of Paul Brown and, and, and Jim Brown and, Paul Warfield and Otto Graham, and and it was just, it was just neat to hear these stories about how they held on to those memories. And my, my dad and my brother weren't close, but that was their bond. That you know they would go up to you know the old stadium and and, and sit in the cold and, and and watch you know watch the games and and you know and my dad you know used to tell me oh man this is you know Jim was so fun to watch because he would do this and you know and and I remember. You know, as a little kid, you know, we moved away from Ohio when I was four, but I can remember being as young as about three, you know, sitting on his lap, watching football games, you know, on Sundays. And and my dad wasn't a, a loud, boisterous, cheering, rooting and hollering. My brother was. Um, and but, you know, but it, it, it was fun. And in and, and that sense, to those are the, the memories that I that I hang on to in, in that sense. And so, I mean, they raised me that you, you bleed brown and orange and, you know, and conversely, I mean, you know, college, you know, you bleed scarlet and gray, um, you know, and, and I and I've always held on to that. I mean, that that's and of course, growing up in Ohio, most people that you tend to be around, um, you know, tend to share a lot of the same uh, you know, you know, fandom. Uh, most of the people in my family were Browns fans, Ohio State fans. Um, there's a there's a couple of problem children. There, you know, we have we had a you know a couple of Wolverine fans that just like to be difficult. Um, <laughs> a couple a couple of Bengals fans that like to be difficult, and it's like I always tell everybody. I mean, I'm I'm older than the Bengals, so you know. Um, yeah. And we share the same number of you know Super Bowl trophies between me and them, so. Um, yeah, but I mean, I just, I, I, I just, I, I grew up with listening to just all these amazing stories uh, of Cole Municipal Stadium, man, and, and, and you know, and, and, and watching Jim Brown just grind out 
yardage and 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 watching Paul Warfield make these amazing catches and watching Otto Graham lead these game-winning drives and 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 of course I you know for me I, I I'm I'm in the 70s era of the Browns and you know and it was it was a struggle but I mean I, I've always been loyal I'm, I'm I believe in being loyal to my you know to my teams um, you know, and now we, when we moved, we left Ohio, we, we, we mid, you know, we moved to Minnesota and, you know, I got to experience the purple people eaters, but I still, you know, I still hung on to being a Browns fan and, um, moved to California in the late seventies and out there, of course, you've got, there was a lot of championships out there. You had the Niners, you had the Raiders and of course, you know, so I was always made fun of. Um, you know, of course there was red, right, 88 and, and all of these things that I had to suffer through, through the high school years. I mean, I can tell you exactly where I was the day, I, you know, you know, where I was when I watched the drive, I can tell you my reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we were living in Fresno, California, <laughs> 639 West Donner. You know, I was, I was, uh, I was a junior in high school and my reaction when they lost that game <laughs> So I, I, I punched a hole in the closet door that I, I don't think my parent I don't think my parents ever found out because I never heard about it. But you know, and I you know and I, I grew I think I, I grew into that kind of you know that volatile energetic person of, of watching games that became very passionate and very emotional about games and 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 um, you know winning and losing. I'm you know I I, I remember. You know, I got, I had, this is a long time ago. Uh, I don't know, it's been about maybe seven, eight years, but I was interviewed by a person who was ironically writing their thesis on the Browns. Um, and they were interviewing Browns fandom. And, 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 and I don't remember exactly what the, the, the purpose of their thesis was, but I got interviewed and, and I remember, you know, the question was asked, what would it mean if the Browns won a Super Bowl? And, and, and I think that resonates with everybody in such an emotional way that, I mean, I was, I mean, just as I started to think about what that person had asked me, I mean, you know, tears filled my eyes and yeah. you, you're, I mean, the, th- <laughs> the thought seems so far away, <laughs> but you know, and it's just that thing of like, it's like I've always said, the team that wins, that brings a championship to the city for the Browns is they're never going to buy a, another meal in town again. They'll never buy a drink. I mean, people will probably try to buy their houses for them. You know, it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it just means that much to, to Northeast Ohio. I mean, and, 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 and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, you know, moving to California in the seventies, I became a San Francisco Giants fan. I became a Lakers fan and, and I've stayed with them, but I cheer for the, for the Cavs and the Indians to support my, my, my Browns friends, because the Browns mean more to me than anything. I, I'm very passionate about them and, and maybe because the struggle has been so long, but you know, it, it's that thing of, you know, like I said, even though the Cavs won the, you know, the NBA championship, it's like I've always said the day the Browns win the Super Bowl, I don't think people will forget, but that will take precedent. I mean, Ohio is a football state. Cleveland is a football town. It's blue collar. The Browns, I mean, are the heart and soul of that city. And I, and I think winning would mean everything. And, and I've kind of always just hung on to those, those energies. I didn't watch football for, what, four or five years when the team moved. Mm-hmm. Um, when the team came back in 99, you know, I've still got the sweatshirt that I bought. As, as soon as they hit the shelves, I've still got it. Um, 
you know, I've cheered loudly. Uh, <laughs> I was I was living in California. This was 2012, and and on my birthday, the Browns were playing the Bengals, and I was living in Napa at the time. And my girlfriend, who is now my wife, she's like, "Hey, let's go, let's go, you know, find a place to watch the game." And I was like, "Okay." I said, "We got to do Buffalo Wild Wings." I mean, that's kind of like my Ohio stopping spot, I guess you could say, in other states. <laughs> So we went to we went to, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the game and we're in there and I am cheering loud and I am screaming and hollering and we're beating the Bengals and I'm like and it's my birthday so some dude from the other side of the bar comes over and he's wearing a, a God I, I can't remember he was a Falcons fan I, I, you know I can't remember what he was wearing he was wearing a jersey but I, uh, he was a Falcons fan he comes over and he goes man he goes you are a loud and proud Browns fan he goes. I didn't even know y'all existed. And he shook my hand and bought me a drink. And, that's you know, great. and so, and that's the way I've, that's the way I've always been. I mean, you know, I believe in supporting the team. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I get angry. I get frustrated. I get sad. Every year feels like you're starting over. But, you know, I, I, I you know, I've got friends that were Browns fans and they went, and, you know, now they're Pittsburgh fans. Ugh. Now they're fans of whoever, and I'm just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm loyal. I believe in staying loyal. Um, I, you know, I believe in supporting them. You know, it, when the payoff comes, it'll it'll be worth it. It'll be it'll be worth the pain. I mean, the wife and I have an agreement that the day the Browns make the Super Bowl, she's gonna let me go. So you know, we'll see how we'll see how that goes. We'll see if she still remembers that agreement. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a crazy journey, and I think it has been for everybody. Unless you're unless you're 75 or 80 years old, you you really don't remember consistent winning, and and so, you know, but I I think the you know I I think it's neat that a lot of the guys from the 80s um, and the early 90s are, um, you know, they're involved on Twitter. Uh, you know, I love seeing you know Eric and Bernie and 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 you know and Ernest and these guys um, be involved in Twitter. Um, and, and talk with the fans and engage with the fans and, and, and that kind of thing. I, I, that right there shows the connection and the, and the bonds uh, of, of the city and the football team. Um, you know, and, and so I, I was a big Clay Matthews guy. I was a big Eric Metcalf guy. Uh, E-Rock, Eric Turner was, was my guy. I was, I was really broken hearted when he passed away. You know, um, I, I actually wrote a poem. Uh, I wish I still had it, but, you know, this was back in the old Cleveland Browns website when they still had a you know, I think it was dog talk I think the forum that they had the chat forum that they had on there and, and his family members were regularly involved on that chat board and when I wrote that poem and posted it they came to me and asked me if they could use it at his his funeral and I said I said please do you know and so I was honored that they did that and and um, that was that was it was is that it was a bittersweet thing I mean it's neat that they were willing to do that and, and, and that kind of thing. And, but it was sad that I had to write something like that for such a, you know, young guy and such a great football player. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I still, I still hold on to the old guys. I mean, cause that's, that's what I relate to. And that's, you know, um, uh, you know, the young guys, a lot of the, you know, the, the, this, this core foundation, I mean, I think that there's the potential for greatness in a lot of these guys. And so, it's going to be fun to, to see what happens as, as we as we go forward with with this organization and with this franchise, you know, a, a, you know, new regime. So, you know, hopefully brighter days ahead for everybody. I wanted to take a second to welcome our new sponsor, T-Shirt Hooligan. You can find them on Twitter at Hooligan T-Shirt or go directly to the website T-ShirtHooligan.com. 
You can find links on our Twitter account, at the Browns Blitz. My personal favorite is the Airbnb, that's Baker to Beckham. And stay tuned, we are going to be introducing some uh, t-shirt giveaways. We will have details on that coming up. And now back to the action. And at this point, those guys from the 80s are kind of what we're still holding on to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the, the last closest we've been to seeing yeah. greatness. Yeah. Yeah. They're a great bunch of guys. And if you think about it in the sense of, um, you know, the last good team we've seen, if you go with the modern era of Browns football, I mean, what, 2007, you know, when we went 10 and 6 and didn't make the playoffs? Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. and. and we haven't put consistency we haven't put consistent winning football on the field in you know 20 years and um and and it's that era of um you know of of 80s football when you know we were always at the cusp we were always right there at the edge um and just kept you know missing missing out and and you know and and that's and that's kind of a you know it seems like Anytime they ever show an old Browns football game, it's like I'll be like, oh, they're showing a Browns. You know, you'll hear somebody say, oh, they're showing the Browns on such and such. And you turn it on, and it's the damn, it's the drive. It's like it's the only thing that they still have on video or something. I'm like, will you, will you please show something else? <laughs> you know, and, oh, and so. Yeah. Every, every time, time they show highlights of, of a guy from another team, they show him against the Browns. <laughs> and then on the flip side of that, there's all the players who were – good somewhere else and came to Cleveland and forgot how to play football <laughs> or they were useless here <laughs> and they went somewhere else and won a world championship. You know, they went and won a Super Bowl or, and you're just like, what? is there something in the water in Cleveland? What, what are we doing? Definitely gone both ways a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's, it's been frustrating on so many different levels. I mean, the players who were great in college and, and they end up in a Cleveland uniform and, you know, and they're, you know, whether it's the Braylon Edwards of the world or the, you know, Kellen Winslow's, um, you know, it's kind of a dirty name right now all of a sudden, but, um, you know, the, and you're just like, how, you know, how do these great players end up in Cleveland and forget how to play football, you know? And, and it's, it, there's just been, you know, and the same thing with coaches. I mean, how do we just keep recycling coaches? And, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a crazy, Easy path, and and I and I know for a lot of the Browns fandom and a lot of the people that are on Twitter. I mean, uh, you know, I know a lot of these people are from Northeast Ohio, and uh-huh. you know, and that's that. I mean, that's everything to them. I mean, and 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 so I can't even relate to it in that sense. Um, you know, so I, I know that it's passionate for so many people, um, and it's important for so many people, and and it and it holds people together for 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 good reasons in in some aspects, but. Um, you know, I, I, I think probably my favorite memories in the modern era was I was there the first time we, you know, I was in Cleveland the first time we beat Baltimore. And, you know, so that was, you know, that was a great thing to be there and be a part of. And I, and I shared that opportunity, you know, I shared that with my brother, um, you know, before I lost him. So, you know, so it's, it's, it's those memories that, that are are special to me that I hang on to. And, and, you know, that's, that's, what's always going to make Browns football so important to me is the memories of my family and and how I've been able to, to, to hang on to that stuff for going forward. My, my, my wife, ironically, she, she, (laughs) 
<laughs> this is how awesome she is. She she's a Patri- she was a Patriots fan and she gave them up to 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 support the Browns for me. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, what are you insane? <laughs> that was pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So so uh, yeah. Well, you know, I you think know, I you think touched on a very important thing there when, when talking about your family. And I, I think uh, the Browns uh, being a, a generational thing, uh, you know, it gets – we talk about it being in our blood and bleeding orange and brown, but to me it, it's more than that. When it, when people are from northeastern Ohio and their, their parents and grandparents live there and – and they're like yourself that grew up hearing stories. It, it, it's it's really just a part of you, and to give it up just seems impossible. Yeah, I agree. I and you know, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, the thought, even like you know, God, when the team moved, and so many people were so angry and so brokenhearted, the thought never ever occurred to me, not even for a brief second, to go support another team. It, uh, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, any of these other teams, Baltimore. I know people that went with the team, you know, went with cheering the team and supporting the team to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nope, you know, uh, I'm cheering for Cleveland, or I'm not cheering for anybody. And 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 uh, you know, I remember when they, they when the NFL awarded the team, you know, back to Cleveland, and I was just I I, <laughs> I just remember being in tears, and I was just like, man, this is you know, yeah. and and granted, you know, it hasn't been all. <laughs> it, it hasn't been uh, what we, we we expected, you know. Especially when you see the success of a lot of the other expansion franchises in the last couple of decades. And um, but you know, but yeah, I, all all you can do is continue to support the team as best you can. I mean, I, I don't I don't think you're, you know, I don't think there's there's cause for blind loyalty. I think we have a right to be upset or disappointed or angry. I though I've never booed the team. I you know I would never do that either. I mean, I support them wholeheartedly, but. Um, I remember I, I would go to the games and they, <laughs> and, it, and the, some of the games, would, I mean, I just sat up there and just watched us get whooped a couple of times. And we, <laughs> and, you know, I, we, we were like, <laughs> in 2007, I went to opening day and we were just getting stomped by Pittsburgh and it, we got into the second half. And every time, every time we would get the ball, I just kept yelling punt. I didn't care if it was first down. <laughs> I, I was just like, hey, you know, you know you're just probably just going to throw an interception anyway. So, yeah, it was just, uh, you, know, I, you know, it's just our way of trying to have fun. I mean, you know, at that point in time, I mean, I'm not going to be miserable. I mean, yeah, and I sat through every single second. I wouldn't leave early. You know, I paid for these tickets. I'm gonna, you know, but I'm out there right, yelling. Right. I'm out there yelling Chris Gardaki for the Pro Bowl, and <laughs> you know, and I was just like, hey, you know, I might as well make the best of this while I'm here. So, uh, you know, just try to have fun and and uh, and, and 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 make the best of it and, and enjoy it. I mean, because that's what, at the end of the day, it's just a game. I mean, there, you know, and, and so it, it it is our distraction from from life, so to speak, in some aspects. But um, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. And people, people get tied up in the fact that the Browns have been bad for so long and had all this bad luck and everything. But you still have to keep in mind that things can be turned around pretty quickly. Teams can make the playoffs, you know, uh, 
think teams can pretty much go from any record to the playoffs in a season or two. So there's really no reason to, to uh, you know, not believe that the Browns are ever more than a couple seasons away from possibly being in the playoffs. Well, and, you know, and I think it's it's that aspect of, you know, it's 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 catching that lightning in a bottle at the right moment in time. You know, we saw it with the you know the Rams, you know, under Kurt Warner. You know, I don't think anybody expected that, and they became the greatest show on turf. And you know, you mm-hmm. see a lot of these different types of things. And um, and and on the flip side of that, in the modern era, we have become such an instant gratification society that you know people have lost the ability to exercise patience. And so yeah, when you yeah. keep when you keep hitting the reset button every couple years, the struggle just becomes. You, you're it's just a you perpetually I mean you're just basically doggy doggy paddling through quicksand <laughs> you know and yeah, you keep putting yourself back at the starting line over yeah. and over and over again. you know and, and and even if you go down through history and sure times have changed talent levels have changed the games have changed and things like that but I mean even the greats if you go back through whether it's the Bill Belichick's or the Tom Landry's or the Chuck Knowles or the Bill Walsh's a lot you know these struggle they, they struggled at times and, and, you know, the games have changed. Coaching has changed. I mean, so that's the thing. I mean, you know, now, again, we hit a reset button again this offseason. Do we stay the course, exercise some patience for three years, four years, you know, if things don't go as planned? I mean, so that's the thing. You you have to trust the system. I mean, you know, any other, any other industry, you know, any other business, I guess you say, outside of the sports world, you have to be – you know, exercise that due diligence and, and, and kind of go from there. But, you know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been frustrating to say the least, but, you know, um, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm still proud. I'm still proud to be a Browns fan. I, I wear my colors. I'm, you know, I've got stickers on my vehicle. You know, I, you know, I have no fear in that aspect of, you know, I'll support my, you know, I'll support until the day I die. Same here. Same here. You know, you yeah, and I, yeah. you and I have had a lot of great conversations about some other things. Uh, you know, we, I think when we, uh, right when we first started talking, I think maybe writing was one of the first things we actually started talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think so. Um, you know, uh, over the over the years, I, I guess I, I became a lot more, I guess you could say, willing to put myself um, out over out on the ledge in terms of kind of, I guess you could say burying my soul in some aspects. Uh, Cause a lot of times what I do write, I'm either, I'm either writing about what I'm thinking about the world or I'm thinking about what's going on in my life or, you know, a relationship aspect or, or something. And, and it, you know, more often than not, it deals with my own sadness or my anger or my joy or, you know, but that's how I deal with my emotions. Um, you know, in recent years, it's become, writing a lot about the ocean because that's where I found a lot of solitude. And, and it's like, I tell people that became my church. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I started putting bits and pieces of writing out there or, you know, uh, you know, my website where I posted all my writing and things like that. And I know you and I started sharing <clears throat> a lot of stuff back and forth. Um, and, and, and I, I think the thing is, I you know, you sense I guess for, for a lack of a, 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 you know, for lack of a way to capture a way to say it would be you get a different sense of a person when you 
not just talking to them or, but then when you start to see their, um, the, the, how they channel emotion, um, whatever emotion that may be, whatever energy that may be, um, you know, and so, and, and you find a bond, you find an additional bond that you, you have a shared aspect of how you can relate to another individual. Um, and so you get a different, you get a different window into who they are. You get a different sense of their approach to dealing with their life or their, you know, their thought process on, you know, handling, whether it's pain, loss, grief, whatever. And a lot of times that'll strengthen bonds. You know, you don't just get connected to this person because now you've got a, you, you've opened up who you are to this individual. You, you get a greater sense of them as a person. And, and there's, I think there's true value in that, um, that you don't get a lot of times at the, at the, at the very base level of, you know, a 240 character tweet. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And, when when did you actually when did you really start writing? Oh wow. Um, well, I, I've written in a lot of different um, mediums, and, and by that I mean uh, I went to when I went to college uh, in the eighties. Uh, I was going to school for theater and film, and so I you know I was writing screenplays. Um, mm-hmm. I could always, you know, in some sense, visualize things differently or, or, you know, and so I would write screenplays or, but then I started, you know, when I got into the military um, in the 90s, I started channeling some of my different energies, uh, you know, being away from my dad, who was like my best friend at the time. So as opposed to going to the grocery store and buying him a Hallmark card, I would write him a poem. Um you know, and that, and that's how I started. Re- that's how I started relating to people. That's how I started putting things into a different um, way of expressing myself. Uh, and so it, it became it became easier and easier and easier over time. Um, and and that and that was just you know a lot of times it's like, uh, I tell a lot of people that I guess for a lot, you know it it doesn't take practice so to speak. Um, you know, words are free. They're limitless. There's just a plethora, you know, of things that you can create in, in that sense yeah. of, of, of capturing, capturing an image. You can capture a, a, a moment in time. You can capture a feeling. And, and so to be able to put these things down on paper um, became a way of channeling things for me. And so I, I've probably got, I don't know, I've probably got about somewhere between 200 and 250 things I've put on paper that I still have. Um, you know, there's, I, you know, I haven't put all of them out into the public space, but, um, you know, cause I, I, I do go back and I revisit my writing cause sometimes it maybe helps me look at things differently, but I'll, I'll go back and read something and say, wow, this is crap. <laughs> you know, yeah, I've been there. You know, and at the same point in time, I mean, I will, I mean, and I'm being honest, like there'll be times I'll write back and I'll go, wow, this is good. <laughs> Did I write you know? You know, and I'm like, and then it's like, uh, I don't really remember writing this. I mean, it's got my name on it, but, you know, but, you know, and then they're on the flip side of that. Is there things I write and I go back and go, oh, yeah, I remember exactly where I was when I wrote this, you know, and that's the other thing, too. So it's I can go back now and, and look at things that I've written and there's a historical context. There's a timeline that tracks kind of through my life, you know, losing my mom, 
um, losing my brother, losing my dad, um, relationship issues, you know, just all these different types of things. And, and, and it, and I have a window into myself too. You know, I can now go back and go, oh, wow. Yeah. I guess I can see now why I think this or why, you know, these different types of things. And so it gives me the opportunity to analyze things differently. And the same thing with when like you, when you give me something that you've written and I can sit there and, and look at it and, and, and kind of just get a different feel for who you are as an individual. And I, and I like that. And there are, and there are, there are a couple other people on the, you know, on the Browns, you know, forum and then, you know, on Twitter and that write and, and, uh, and it's the same thing. You know, you can, you, you can sit there and read what they have to say and you can get a different, you know, you just get a different feel, you get a different energy and it, and it, and it allows you to connect in a, in a, in a different way that I think a lot of people may not necessarily understand or experience if they don't write. Um, but it's on the flip side of that, you have people that do it through music, you know, and, you know, and so, and I know there's some people like that in the Browns universe too. So, Definitely. yeah. And that's why, you know, when, like, for example, with your guys is with your Etsy store, you know, the stuff that you and your wife are doing, you know, I love to see that creativity come out from, from not only, you know, yourself, but her as well. And, and, and for you to put your writing out there and, and, you know, that, that's, you know, that's a risk that a lot of people aren't willing to take. And, you know, but that's the thing, you, you know, you have to, you know, to, to be great, you have to be willing to take that risk. And, you know, and, 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 and I'll be honest, I mean, I, I wouldn't buy something if I didn't think it was good either. So when I, so when I, you know, when I bought, you know, the thing that you wrote, you know, you know, you, you know your ball of yarn or, or ball, uh, ball of string, you know, and I have that framed you know, that's going in my man cave because I, you know, I like reading it and, and I've read it multiple times. I break it down. I, I look at it from different perspectives. And so it, it gives me a different way of looking at things. And, and, and I, I, I think there's value in that, that I think everybody can take away, um, even if they don't write in some aspects, if it's just reading and understanding another person. But um, I think when you write and you read and you reach out to, <laughs> to somebody else that writes, I think there's a different connection in that sense. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's something, something you and I have definitely share. I mean, uh, I, I think that, um, you know, I I really, I think I started as a writer going through a lot of the same things that, that you talked about. Um, you know, I, I really started with my poetry going through my divorce when my, when my mom passed away, when my dad passed away. That's when I really turned to writing. Um, I would just kind of, uh, I, would, I would just go in my bedroom, get on the computer, play some, play some music, and I would just write, and you know, and just kind of, um, just kind of turn everything, you know, inward, and and uh, just kind of start, start putting stuff down, and it was it was therapy. Yeah, for absolutely. Me. Yes. Um, you know, some of it, some of it was probably crap. Um, some of it, you know, I, some of it I can look at now and yeah, it was, it was probably not great, but, uh, you know, it's what I needed right then. Um, yep. some of it, you know, some of it is like you say, some of it I look at it and I'm like, wow, you know, that was pretty darn good. Um, and, and, you know, um, 
some of the stuff I wrote, yeah, I'm pretty proud of, and that's you know that's the stuff I've put out um, on Etsy. So um, you know that 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 I want to share with people. Um, you know, hopefully they'll they'll you know people see the value value of it. Um, but it, it it's got to be the right person. But um, you know, writing really helped me through some some tough times, and it it. It made, but those tough times made me a writer. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the writer I am without doing that poetry. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't have considered myself a writer and started doing, and started writing uh, sports articles if I hadn't written all that poetry. I don't think. Um, so it, you know, it, it's funny how things kind of change change your you know it's funny what affects your life and the direction your life takes oh absolutely you know and you know and, and i think it's funny too because you know i i'd long heard um you know people kept telling me and it was you know it was either fan you know family or close friends the people that know you a lot of times and it, you know i kept hearing hey you should write a book you write a book you know and i was like about what people are like just you have a story to tell and i'm like well, what is it <laughs> you know, what, what is my story? And, and, yeah. you know, and, and I kept, you know, I kept going, ah, you know, and, and finally, you know, after I lost my dad, I think that was the closure that kind of finally opened up, you know, the thought process to go, well, you know, maybe I do have a story to tell. And, you know, and even if it's something that, you know, even if, you know, and it's not for me. It's not about making money. Um, I'm, I'm not looking at it in that aspect. I'm not looking at writing a New York Times bestseller. But it was about channeling my energy and my emotions and the lessons I've learned in life through all the things that I've been through. Um, you know, I've lost all my family. I've been in the military. I mean, just so many different aspects of things that there are valuable lessons that you can learn from situations and scenarios or other people or whatever the case may be. And so I, I put it all down on paper and and I turned around and I went. Okay, you know, and and I gave it to family and friends and 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 you know and just for them to get even I guess you could say an even a greater understanding of what how I look at life or the things that I've learned or why I'm the way I am. <laughs> you know, some people some people may say good, some people may say bad, but you know, and 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 that's the thing too. I mean, because I also look at it in the aspect of if what I wrote. If I turn around and give that to one person and it helps them get through something in their life and it makes their life better, it was worth it. You know, then I, I helped somebody. I helped somebody get somewhere better in life. And and I and I think there's you know, you you there there you can't put value on that. That's priceless. And so you know, those are the types of things I try to look at and and um, you know because I have experienced a lot of grief um, in, in some aspects. There's no right way to grieve, and a lot of, for a lot of people, I think they put it down on paper, um, yeah. you know, and or or in song, you know, I've, I've kind of done that too, uh, you know. So you know, it, it's different stuff like that, and and so and and, and it's it's interesting, Rod, because you know some of the things that you know you and I have talked about, we have been through, down such similar paths. And so I think that's why there's a lot of relatability in, in that aspect. You know, I've been divorced. I, you know, I've you know lost my parents and things like that. And so, and to be able to write and, and things like that. So, and and you and I are basically the same age. And so there's that familiarity of of 
you know, being around the block a time or two. <laughs> yeah. 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 You just you moved just a moved. few more times than me, John. Quite a few. <laughs> I, I've, moved, I've moved basically more than everybody else I know combined. I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy. I, I'd have I'd to have count to up, and I'm probably somewhere around maybe 10 times in my whole life. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. I've, 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 I've literally moved across country, I think, three or four times. Um, my shortest move was literally moved from one apartment to the next door apartment. I moved out of a one bedroom into a two bedroom. <laughs> that, that was the easy one. I mean, I just had to just drag stuff down the hallway. So yeah. <laughs> you can check out Father's Day gifts and, and other gifts from our sponsor, Skipping Stones. Find them at etsy.com. Just search for the store Skippin' Stones, S-K-I-P-P-I-N-S-T-O-N-E-Z. Those gifts would include the poem that John was talking about, the string to ball. Um, also find uh, lava bracelets and, and some other items, uh, including uh, for the ladies, um, handmade stone shells, sea glass jewelry, and pebble art, uh, and yoga bracelets. And now back to the conclusion of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, loss is tough. Um, loss, uh, you know, it's hard to deal with. But, um, you know, it uh, it just, you know, it just becomes a part of you after a while. Uh, you know, and you, and you just have to, you just have to go on. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if that um, if the loss we've experienced in our lives makes us makes us better Browns fans or not. Um, <laughs> you know, different kind of loss, totally. But um, what you know, you know it, it's it's weird too because you know it, you know you you establish these different types of bonds and and of course with family it's different um, with friends it's different you know. Um, I I lost my mom as a, as a kid. I, well, I, was, I mean I was thirteen, but. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and so, but she was all I really knew. My, you know, my my dad was always out working and things like that, and putting food on the table and doing the best he could. And but I mean, he was kind of almost like a stranger to me, I guess you could say. So when, mm-hmm. you know, and my brother was around, I, I guess you could say in passing here and there. And um, of course, he was an adult. I mean, he was 20 years older than I was. But um, and so when I lo- when I lost her, it was like, wow, this is my world now. What? And it was kind of like getting to know my dad, and then you know, and getting to know my brother and, and, and trying to understand these types of things. And as they became valuable pieces of my life and my brother and I became really close, then I lost him. Um, and then when I moved back to California in 2014 to be with, you know, she's not, you know, the woman who's not my wife, Stephanie, um, you know, I moved back to California in, in 2014. I, I hadn't been in California three weeks and my dad passed away. Uh-huh. And, you know, and I, and I moved back to be closer to him and, and, and I guess if anything, I look back and say, you know, I'm thankful that I was able to be, you know, be there. And, you know, a lot of people say, hey, he he was waiting on you. He he wanted to know that, you know, you were ready and that you were here. And 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 so, you know, it was it was kind of dealing with that. And, and I think that there was and it did create some sense of closure because, you know, I I didn't get to say goodbye to my mom. I didn't get to say goodbye to my brother, but I was at my dad's bedside to be able to talk to him and be there for him. So it, it gave me a sense of understanding of, of, of grieving and in a different context. Yeah. And, and, and it felt like, you know, this was how it was supposed to happen, uh-huh. you know? And then five months later, 
in a tragic accident, my wife lost her four-year-old grandson. And, and it, you know, it was, it was a scenario that neither of us were ready to deal with. I mean, we're, you know, I was still kind of grieving my dad and it, and it was just such a raw situation. And I think one of the most gut-wrenching things I ever dealt with was have to be at her side and to have to go and identify a person's body. You know, and, and you know, and, and so it's putting those types of things into a level of humanity and understanding people at their rawest and and being there for somebody. And it was hard for me to be there in that sense. And so, I mean, what I did was I I did what I know how to do. I wrote a song about him. Well, it was a set of lyrics, to be honest. I wrote just a set of lyrics, and and I happened to just give them to a friend who's a phenomenal musician. Well, he went and got the guitarist for my for my old band, and they went and got a few other people, and they turned it into a song, and they recorded it, and and you know, and they came back with it about a month later, and they didn't tell me they were doing it. They all of a sudden just hit me with this out of the blue, and I was blindsided in such an amazing emotional way. But I mean, it, you know, that's how I know how to deal with things is to put things in in you know. That's my, I wouldn't say coping mechanism, but maybe that's probably, I guess, a way of, 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 of saying it. But, um, but it was trying to capture something, you know, important and valuable and personal and, and, and capture it for not only my wife, but her daughter and, and to capture this bright shining star that was her grandson. And, you know, and, 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 and give them something valuable that'll always be, that'll always exist. It'll always be timeless. And, um, and, and nobody can ever take that away. And so that those are the important things I think that, you know, we all have to kind of hang on to as people, you know, are those kind of moments, good or bad, because they make us who we are. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure what I can add to that, but yeah, very well said. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of speechless after that, John. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to. Uh, what I'll, I'll have to. Uh, I'll, I'll post the link. Um, uh, it's actually because the the song is actually out on YouTube that my buddy Ryan wrote. And uh, but uh, I'll uh, I'll post the link out there for you guys, and so you can check it out. And um, yeah, my wife's grandson Brendan. He was this this just this phenomenal bright shining star and and he loved trains and um so but he you know so but he was kind of scared of the dark so what i did was i said okay what can i do how can i write this about him so what i did was i took his fear of the dark away and i made him the engineer on a train i made i gave him his power i put him in charge of the things that he loved most and that's what i wrote it around um and and uh and so, yeah, I mean, I, I try to make sure I was paying the best respect that I could pay him, you know, because he, mm-hmm. he deserved that. He deserved that. Um, and, and so did they. So did my wife. So did so did her daughter, um, you know, and so, did, and, you know, their family as a whole. So, but, yeah, it, it, it was it was it was crazy times. I mean, you know, to, to deal with that across a six month time frame and. And, and for as difficult as it was for both myself and, and Stephanie, I mean, I think if anything, it's, it's kind of made us stronger through it all. Because when you power through all that sadness and, and 
negative energy or however you want to look at it, you know, that's, you know, that's when you go together. So, yeah. And music helps too. I mean, music does, I mean, the fact that my friends were able to turn that into a song and, 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 and create something powerful and beautiful and, and, you know, music helps heal with a lot of people. And, 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 and certainly that I think there was, there was substance there in that aspect as well. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. So, so you'll post, post you'll post the link. Um, let's put let's put your your uh, Twitter uh, Twitter handle out there. Yeah. At this point, John. It is Dog Pound Surf. Um, D W G P N D S U R F. Dog Pound Surf. And answer this for me: Is is your is your book still available? Uh, I mean, I, I've actually, to be quite honest, it's just a Word document. <laughs> okay. You know, it's 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 200 and I don't know, it's 225 pages or something like that. It's a Word document. It's like I don't know, it's 20 chapters, I think, of just the different stuff that I've been through. And um, you know, there's you some. Publish it. Yeah, I mean, there's some pic- there's some pictures and there's some you know some of my writing is in there, some poetry, some some of those types of things, and and. Uh, um, I've got I've got it floating around somewhere. I think I've got it in my email. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so it's not published, but it, it's available for the right person. Yeah, I mean, actually, I mean, I've actually, I, I basically, I mean, you know, kind of, I think what I've done in the past is like, if people wanted to read it, you know, I asked them for their email address, and then I just email it to them, you know, and so, uh, yeah. Well, I will. I will give you my email address. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to take a look at it. That'd be that'd be great. And I, and I know there's a kind of there's a handful of uh, there's a handful of people on the you know the Brown Twitter crew that have that that have it and and have uh, have have read it or read part of it. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, not, not everybody's going to make it through all 200 pages. You never know. It's it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty easy read. I, it's funny because my wife's a speed reader. She she read it in like an hour. Uh, she's like, and I was like, I you know, and of course you know she's my toughest critic. She's and she's my biggest fan, but she's like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, right, well, you knew all this stuff anyway, so you know, you know, how, the, you know how the story ends. <laughs> yeah, you like you put all that work into it. And she she read it in an hour. Wow. <laughs> Well, and I think the other thing is, too, is because there's a chapter in there about her as well. So, you know, and I, th- I think that's the other thing, too. I mean, nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to hear, you know, somebody put them on a pedestal and, and, and pat them on the back and, and all these types of things, which is kind of what I did. But, um, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and she's <laughs> she tends to be a lot. She's she's a little more private than I am. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty open. I don't really have much of a filter. <laughs> I think most people have figured that out. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, you know, John, it, it's been great talking to you. Um, I, w- I will. I think I lost you. You know, whatever kind of thoughts you want to leave everybody with. 
Oh, I mean, Rod, I, I really, I mean, I've never done this before. So this is my first time doing this, but, uh, you know, I, I, I really appreciate, you know, you having me on and, and, uh, you know, I, I went through and listened to, you know, coach and Ray and, and some of the others, and it's kind of neat to, to hear that aspect of who they are. And, um, I know it's kind of a weird time for all of us with, you know, with everything that's going on, you know, no, no sports to talk about. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of strange, but, um, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, again, there, there, there's an, you know, that, that Twitter crew out there has, has really become, um, you know, a, a really good group of people for me, um, a, a good um, sounding board, um, you know, making friends, uh, you know, the people that you look forward to, to, to meeting and, and hanging out with. And, and, I've, and I've met a few of the people. Um, uh, Rob Zaleski, in his, I think his Twitter, I think his Twitter handle, I don't think he's changed it because I know some people have changed theirs, but it's like R O B Z I E underscore, I think. And but Rob's a good guy. I met him when I was in Austin, um, you know. And then uh, yeah, he seems like the wrong best guy. And then Hawaii Browns Huey uh, Mike. Mike is a really good dude. I've uh, um, met him a couple times. Well, I met him in Hawaii, you know, last. Uh, two times ago when we were out and then this last time I'm out, you know, him and I went out surfing and, and, nice. him and I, you know, and him and I have, you know, exchanged texts, texts a couple of times and, you know, you know, you know, he's checked in on me a couple of times and, you know, and I think that that speaks volume about people, you know, you were, I think you were the first person to do that was, Hey, here's my number if you need anything, you know, and, and that show, and it's interesting because, when I deal with stuff, and again, I didn't, I do tend to be kind of public at times when I'm ranting and raving or whatever. But, um, you know, for people that I don't truly know to reach out and show more care and compassion than the people that have known me 20, 30 years, you know, you know, there's, there's, you know, that says a lot about, you know, the people that I've been choosing to surround myself with. And, and, um, and so that, you know, that, that, that becomes, uh, I think that's one of the things that makes, Twitter an enjoyable experience is is you make connections with people um, that become genuine, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, and so it's 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 and I and I go through my phases, you know. There are times where I need to just step away and, and take some time, whether it's to spend it with the family or to just get away from the the insanity um, that takes place in the Twitter world, whether it's sports related or you know real world issues or whatever. And yeah, uh, I've been able to do that. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and there's so many good people out there on, you know, on the Twitter crew with, you know, Coach and and, and Slim and and uh, you know yeah, and, yeah, and, and Lisa guys. and Ray and a lot of these a lot of these people that are, that just have really good that they really bring good value and humanity, um, you know, to your to your interactions and so, um, so to, the, to all you Browns people out there, you know, you guys are all awesome people. Uh, you know, I appreciate inter- interacting with so many of you, and uh, I look forward to meeting. Meeting all of you one of these days. <laughs> the Browns play in Jacksonville this year. Browns play in Jacksonville. That's right up the street from us. Um, that would be great. That's when that when that's when, when uh, you're having the pool party, right? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I mean, it, you know, it, it's going to be well, and it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out as the football season goes forward. If the schedules change and things like that, it's kind of interesting because as of right now, that weekend is the same weekend as the you know. Buckeye Wolverine game, you know, and uh, so that Saturday is, is a high state, high state Michigan. And then, you know, the next day is, is, uh, you know, the Browns up in Jacksonville. And so, um, 
I, and I haven't seen the Browns play in person since 2007. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I was always just missing them for one reason or another. Um, and, and so that opportunity, and, and like I said, I'm, you know, I invited everybody. I said, Hey, I'll, you know, if, we, if there's a Browns game, if the Browns, you know, if the football season goes off as we all want it to, and, and, and we get ready to be able to, you know, to have the schedule fall into place the way we want it to and, and, and everything, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to open up the doors to, to all my Browns family to, to come down here and, and, you know, for us to all go and enjoy some football. Uh, and, and the only disclaimer is that it's right at the end of hurricane season. Have <laughs> <laughs> to be careful. <laughs> so yeah, wow. we'll see, we'll see how that goes. I mean, you know, <laughs> I hope, I hope my house is still standing. <laughs> yeah. There's quite a few variables between now and then. Huh? Oh Yeah. Yeah, crazy times. Yeah. Well, John, well, John it, it has been uh, – it, it's just been a lot of fun. Uh, it's been really great talking to you. You know, Rod, again, thank, thanks for having me on. I mean, you know, again, hopefully in the, you know, in the future I'd love to get on. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not into all the X and O's like, you know, a lot of the guys. And, and you know, I, I just kind of watch from a high-level perspective and, and from a fan's perspective, and I kind of – I know a little bit here and there, but I uh, would love to get on and, you know, talk Browns football one of these days, and, and uh, I think it would be a good time. <clears throat> we will do that. We will definitely have you back on a uh, on a uh, podcast that is more football-centric. <laughs> <laughs> we have plenty of those comments. So, so yeah, we will, we will have you on, um, definitely. But I, I appreciate you talking with me, and um, we're going we're gonna to scoot on out of here. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time. Dog Pound!